Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. There are reasons why this podcast is not on Twitter. (laughs) One of those reasons is that I myself have just not had a real interest in Twitter. I can remember one of the first tweets that I ever heard about was from the NBA player LeBron James. And he um, he was sending out a tweet that he was on the toilet. <laughs> yeah. Now, I know that I'm a little bit different than most people, but but I really don't care very much about things like fashion and and celebrities and and even you know societal trends oftentimes but other things that I don't really worry a lot about are what uh, other people's opinions are uh, I I will listen to them and I'll consider them but I don't follow you know someone to to get their opinion and and make it mine so knowing this why would I care at all about what LeBron James does in the bathroom right uh, another reason I have had little interest in, in having a Twitter account is that it, it has been a, a major censor of free speech, particularly if it is not liberal speech. Even if we had a, a Twitter account for this podcast, it probably would have been suspended uh, way more than, than it wouldn't have by this time, right? So, so we, we've, we've talked many times on this podcast about the fact that these social media companies can't have it both ways. They should be held accountable for what people post if they are censoring what they don't agree with. We all watched as conservative after conservative was blocked from Twitter for saying things that have since been proven true. Then came Elon Musk and and his purchase of Twitter. And he said that he would try to regain trust in the company by shining a light on what the company did in the past and make changes going going forward. Now, he has begun that process of, of releasing details a few days ago about Hunter Biden and, and more. And in a series of articles from the Daily Wire comes this. Twitter CEO Elon Musk released information through journalist Matt Taibbi uh, on Friday afternoon showing that Twitter was working in conjunction with then-Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden's team, removing tweets that Team Biden wanted deleted. Musk said that, that he decided to release the information because it was, quote, necessary to restore public trust, unquote, in the platform after it censored the New York Post's bombshell report about Hunter Biden's laptop just weeks before the 2020 presidential election. Now, Musk quoted, retweeted Taibbi's multi-tweet thread on Twitter, writing, here we go. (laughs) Now, Taibbi began by explaining that the company was slowly forced to add tools for controlling speech that were designed to combat the likes of spam and and financial fraudsters. Quote, slowly over time, 
Twitter staff and executives began to find more and more uses for these tools. Surprise, surprise. Outsiders began petitioning the company to manipulate speech as well. First a little, then more often, and then constantly, Taibi said. By 2020, requests from connected actors to delete tweets were routine. One executive would write to another, quote, more to review from the Biden team. And the, re- the reply would come back with handled. Now, Taibi's post shows that on October 24th, Team Biden asked for five tweets to be removed. According to Andrew Kerr of the Washington Free Beacon, those tweets were either drug-related photos of Hunter Biden or pornographic photos of him. Quote, celebrities and unknowns alike could be removed or reviewed at the behest of a political party, Taibbi continued. Both parties had access to these tools. For instance, in 2020, requests from both Trump White House and the Biden campaign were received and honored. However, this system wasn't balanced. It wasn't balanced at all. It was based on contacts because Twitter was and is overwhelmingly staffed by people of one political orientation. There were more channels, more ways to complain, open to the left, and Democrats, than the right. The New York Post published Biden secret emails on October 14th of 2020, a report about the laptop belonging to Biden's son. This is, again, a story that we covered right here on this podcast, even though it was getting covered up everywhere else. Now, quote, Twitter took extraordinary steps to suppress the story, removing links and posting warnings that it may be unsafe, Taibi continued. They even blocked its transmission via direct message. A tool um, here, though, though, reserved for extreme cases, i.e. like child pornography and things like that. Now, quote, the White House spokeswoman, Kaylee McEnany, uh, was locked out of her account for tweeting about the story, prompting a furious letter from Trump, the Trump campaign staffer, Mike Hahn, who seethed, saying, at least pretend to care for the next 20 days. This led public policy executive Carolyn Strom to send out a polite WTF query. (laughs) Several employees noted that there was tension between the comms and the policy teams who had little or at least less control over moderation and the safety trust teams. Quote, Strom's note returned the answer that the laptop story had been removed for violation of the company's hacked materials policy. Although several sources recalled hearing about a general warning from the federal law enforcement that summer about possible foreign hacks, there's no evidence that I've seen of any government involvement in the laptop store. In fact, that might have been the problem. The decision was made at the highest levels of the company, but without the knowledge of CEO Jack Dorsey, with former head of legal policy and trust, Vijay Gotti, playing a key role. Now, he continued by saying that they just freelanced it. 
is, is, is how one former employee characterized the, the uh, decision. Hacking was the excuse. But within a few hours, pretty much everyone realized that wasn't going to hold. But no one had the guts to reverse it. Quote, you can see the confusion in the following lengthy exchange, which ends up including Gotti and former trust and safety chief uh, Yoel Roth. Comms official Trenton Kennedy writes this, I'm struggling to understand the policy basis for marking this as unsafe. By this point, everyone knew this was effed up. And said, this is actually coming from one former employee, they said. But the response was essentially to err on the side of continuing to err. Former vice president of Global Comms, Brandon Borman, asked this. He says, can we truthfully claim that this is part of the policy? To, to which former deputy general counsel Jim Baker uh, again seems to advise Staying the the non-course because caution is warranted, he says. A fundamental problem with tech companies and and content moderation, may, uh, many people in charge of of speech um, care little about speech, and have to be told the basics by outsiders. This is what Taibbi is saying. Now, in one humorous exchange on, on day one, Democratic uh, Congressman Ro uh, Conan uh, reached uh, out to Gotti to generally, you know, kind of gently suggest that they, they hop on the phone and, and talk about the, the backlash relating to, to, to speech. And Kanhana uh, was the only Democratic fi- official, they said, that they could find in the files who express concern. Now, Gotti replies quickly, immediately diving into the weeds of Twitter's policy, unaware that Kahana is, is more worried about the Bill of Rights than, than Twitter policy. Kahana tries to uh, reroute the conversation to the, the First Amendment, um, mention of which is generally hard to find in any of these files, I guess. And within a day, head of public policy, Lauren uh, Colbertson, uh, receives a, a, a ghastly letter from Carl um, Sabos, uh, uh, Zabo, there we go, Zabo is his name, Carl Zabo. Uh, he's, he's of the uh, research firm NetChoice, which had already pulled 12 members of Congress, nine Republicans and three Democrats from the House Judiciary Committee. Uh, to Rep. Judy Chu's office, and um, and the threat continued. Net Choice lets Twitter know of a bloodbath awaits in upcoming Hill hearings, with members saying it's a, a tipping point, complaining uh, tech has grown so big that they can't even regulate themselves, so government may need to intervene. So, So this is causing quite the waves here, of course. Now, Zabo reports to Twitter that some Hill figures are characterizing the laptop story as text access Hollywood moments. The, the, the thread continues with this. Twitter files continued, the First Amendment isn't absolute. Zabo's letter contains chilling passages 
relaying Democratic lawmakers' attitudes. I mean, this is their attitude here. And it's an attitude that, that we we all know they've had, and it's just it's coming out here in these emails. They they want more moderation as for the Bill of Rights. It's not absolute. That's their attitude. So more government intervention and less Bill of Rights. Uh, an amazing subplot of the Twitter Hunter Biden laptop affair was how much was done without the knowledge of CEO Jack Dorsey and how long it took for the situation to get unEfed, as they put it. Uh, as this is actually, actually as one ex-employee put it, uh, even after Dorsey jumped in. While reviewing Gotti's emails, uh, Taibi said that, that he saw a familiar name is uh, my own. <laughs> Dorsey sent uh, them a copy uh, of the uh, Substack article blasting the incident. There are multiple instances in the files of Dorsey intervening to question suspensions and other moderation actions for accounts uh, uh, access. I'm sorry, for accounts across the political spectrum. The problem with the hacked materials ruling, several sources said was that the, the, the normally require, this normally required an official law or enforcement finding of a hack. So in other words, you can't just tell somebody that this is hacked materials if you don't have some sort of law enforcement or somebody saying that it's actually hacked materials, right? <laughs> but such a finding never appeared through what one executive described as a whirlwind 24-hour company-wide mess. It's been a whirlwind, 26 hours for me too, he continued. There is much more to come, including answers to questions about issues like shadow banning and boosting and follower accounts and the, the, the fate of various individual accounts and more. These issues are not limited to the political right, they said. So it looks like the FBI even was in on the Hunter Biden laptop cover-up. But they were not the only federal agency that was working to help Biden get elected. Several months after former Senate staffer Tara Reid accused Joe Biden of sexual assault, you remember that? The Department of Justice, the DOJ, issued a subpoena to Twitter demanding personal information on her accounts, including credit card or bank account numbers. This is what they wanted from Twitter. The subpoena was only recently revealed by the Daily Caller, which obtained these emails and documents relating to the incident, showing the DOJ asking Twitter to testify in front of a grand jury on December 16th of 2020 to provide, quote, all subscriber information, unquote, for Reed's accounts. The information was requested of two accounts belonging to Reed, including at Reed Alexandra and at Tara, uh, Tara McCabe, I guess is the other one she goes by. The DOJ requested the following information from the accounts, according to the caller. This is what the DOJ wanted. They wanted the subscriber's name, address, records of session times and durations to include attempted, failed, and unauthorized logins. Length of service, including start date and types of service utilized. Telephone or instrument uh, number or other subscriber number 
or identity, including any temporary assigned network addresses, and means of uh, means and source of payment for such service, including any credit card or bank account number. Now, Reed told the caller that she didn't know why the DOJ requested the information. Quote, other than coming forward about Joe Biden, there were there were there would be no reason for them to do that, she told the outlet. Now, the grand jury was scheduled for July 9th uh, of 2020 by Hayden um, Schottlander. A, he's, he's a Perkins Cooey lawyer representing Twitter and didn't reach out to Reed until December 8th of 2020 to tell her about the subpoena. So we're talking about a number of months here, almost six months. Now, Reed told the caller that Schottlander spoke uh, to her on the phone that day, telling her Twitter tried to fight the subpoena in court, but then had to file a motion to let her know it was it was happening. Schottlander followed up that conversation with an email uh, obtained by the caller. And this is what it says. It says, to recap our conversation to date, I represent Twitter and have contacted you to inform you that Twitter received the attached subpoena from the United States Department of Justice seeking data related to your Twitter accounts. The subpoena includes a serial um, proceeding, I'm sorry, a sealed proceeding. Schottlander wrote in this email that, as I mentioned, Twitter intends to comply with the subpoena on December 16th of 2020, unless it receives notice from you that a motion to squash or otherwise invalidate the subpoena has been filed. If you do file any such motions, please send a copy directly to me at this email address. If, on the other hand, you have no concerns with Twitter producing the requested data, please similarly let me know. This is what Schottlander added. Earlier in, in 2020, Reed said she had filed a police report in, in April 2020, alleging Biden sexually assaulted her in 1993 while she was a senator. Uh, this is disturbing on, on many different levels. I mean, the, the fact that the DOJ would request this kind of information of a whistleblower is concerning. I mean, why, what would they be wanting to do with that kind of inf- information? But also that Twitter would give that information to the federal government. It it also looks like Twitter tried to play a role in the Arizona governor's race. Internal email documents at Twitter reveal Arizona governor-elect and Secretary of State Katie Hobbs uh, allegedly colluded with former Twitter officials last year by flagging accounts related to so-called election misinformation. The bombshell leak uh, comes amid the Elon Musk re- releasing internal company communications through the journalist Matt Taibbi uh, and and showing the company had previously censored conservatives on behest of the Democratic Party. Now, accusing uh, according to, to an email on January 7th, uh, 2021, the communications director for Hobbs, Secretary of State Office, emailed the Center for Internet Security, or CIS, a, which is a, a 501 nonprofit cybersecurity organization, saying that they are flagging an unidentified Twitter profile for review under the subject line titled Election Related Misinformation. The email also included 
an unknown employee at the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, a branch under the federal government's Department of Homeland Security. Hmm. A representative with CIS then forwarded the message to a Twitter employee saying, quote, please see this report below from the Arizona SOS office. Please let me know if you have any questions. The Twitter employee then sent another email out saying, thank you. Both tweets have been removed from the service, unquote. So again, we have Twitter working hand in hand with more federal government agencies to silence opposition to the Democratic Party. But Twitter was not just working to influence elections here in the U.S. Twitter CEO Elon Musk suggested over the weekend that the the social media platform might have interfered in Brazil's recent presidential election when far-left activists had, uh, had control of the company. Uh, Musk made the revelation in response to, to a question from Rebel News correspondent uh, Avi Yamini, who asked, can you find out what other elections were handled by the former Twitter regime? Quote, I've seen a lot of concerning tweets about the recent Brazil election, Musk tweeted Saturday. If those tweets are accurate, it's possible that Twitter personnel gave preference to left-wing candidates. Now, Brazilian President Yair uh, Bolsonaro is, is, a, is a populist, and he lost a, a fairly close election in late October against a leftist, um, Lula da Silva, who previously served as the country's president. So Twitter's election meddling and censoring has not just been confined to our country. It will be interesting, I think, to see how many other countries have been affected as as the um, as, as the tweets roll out and as as the information comes to light. And and one of the things that Twitter has always said in response to people pointing out that they will censor conservative causes, but yet have all kinds of child sex abuse material on their site is that they don't know how to censor that well. Well, it, it looks like Elon Musk has found a way. And look at this. A cybersecurity and data analysis uh, funding research into Twitter's alleged child sexual abuse material, or C, uh, CSAM, uh, and its problem with that said Saturday that the platform has nearly doubled its daily suspension rate on accounts that share exploit. Uh, Exploit exploitive content containing child pornography. Now, Andrea Stapa found uh, is is the founder of cybersecurity group Ghost Data, um, and had personally funded the research into the issue earlier this year after receiving a tip about the the problem severity. The report allegedly found more than five hundred accounts soliciting child sex abuse material that uh, appeared alongside or on profile pages of at least 30 major advertisers, uh, uh, um, Twitter's accounts, which led some of those companies to pull or at least pause their ad services from the social media platform. Now, following his initial analysis last September, Stapa and Twitter's trust uh, and safety team said, 
the social media platform had updated a mechanism to detect past and present content related to CSAM as uh, a much faster, more efficient, and more aggressive speed, which has approximately doubled the daily suspension rate of accounts promoting the egregious material. Now, no mercy for for those who are involved in these legal activities, Stapa said. Um, and, and child pornography and, and other sexual abuse material on Twitter has, has been documented on the platform for well over the last decade. Uh, just last year, 86,666 CSAM reports were made to the National Center of Missing and Exploited Children. That's a lot. And, and when Elon Musk purchased the, the platform in October, he, he inherited two major lawsuits involving two minor survivors that were allegedly exploited on the platform. Uh, one such case garnered 160,000 views and over 2,000 retweets that Twitter allegedly refused to remove the content despite the minor survivor begging for its removal while on the brink of, of suicide. It wasn't until the Department of Homeland Security stepped in that the survivor's sexual abuse material was removed. Now, Stapa said within a 24-hour time frame, the platform ramped up its efforts to crack down on suspicious accounts, which led to the removal of 44,000 handles and 1,300 profiles that, that, that used uh, strategic communication methods to, to bypass detection using the, the code words and, and text in, mess, in, in images and things like that, many, many of which came from uh, networks in, in Spanish-speaking and Portuguese-speaking users that share child sexual exploitation content. The uh, zero tolerance, Stapa said, uh, adding uh, Twitter has involved independent experts in increasingly uh, in, in increasing its ability to protect child safety. And, and she really, she, she just, she says, she, fe- she feels like she's witnessing uh, a miracle because of the fact that, that uh, Twitter has turned this around so quickly. Um, you, you know, the, the Twitter had, had always put profiles over the lives of minors uh, and, and minor survivors, she said. Now for, um, for context, one, one previous report showed the platform removed as many as approximately 57,000 profiles in one month before Musk's uh, acquisition uh, compared to the 44,000 removed in a single day. So you have 57,000 profiles removed in one month before Musk and 44,000 in a single day after he takes over. Now, Musk thanks uh, Stapa and others, um, you know, for... um, for, for bringing this, this to, to the knowledge and, and spearheading the correction here. And, and really it's, it's one of those things that, that, uh, could have been done very easily, uh, way before Musk ever got there, but they, they, they had no, no interest in doing that kind of thing. Um, in fact says, quote, I think we we've actually had like a really good case of crowdsourcing, of, of having people on Twitter actually help solve the child uh, exploitation stuff, Musk said on Saturday. It is, it, 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 it is true. Yes, Twitter has done more to stop child exploitation in the last month than probably the last 10 years. So again, they could have done more if they'd wanted to. 
Um, Musk added, that's insane. It, it's it's kind of blows my mind, frankly, and we've got to keep doing it. It's it's always going to be number one. I mean, it's like kids can't defend themselves, so we must. <laughs> wow, well, that's kind of a novel idea, isn't it? Twitter is now a safer place under Elon's leadership, Stapa said. And this is just the beginning. Must publicly uh, acknowledge Stapa, uh, think, thanking uh, them for for uh, for helping with the, this important problem and all that kind of stuff. A problem that Twitter pre-Elon Musk said that they couldn't do anything about. Maybe it was not that they couldn't do anything about it, but that they wouldn't do anything about it. I mean, it will be really interesting to me to see what else comes to light at Twitter now under the, the new regime. One thing is, is clear, though. We now know why the liberals were so upset when Musk decided he wanted to buy Twitter. And you remember, I mean, you remember they went off. I mean, Musk has 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 been kind of a poster child in some ways for them. I mean, he he has, in years past, uh, donated a lot of money to the Democratic Party. He's helped get Democrat um, lawmakers elected and things like this. Um, and then suddenly <laughs> he decides he wants to buy Twitter and shine a light at some of what, what's been going on. And all of a sudden, you know, when we start looking at the Hunter Biden laptop cover up and all this kind of thing and, 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 and the screw up that they did with all this and, and the, the censoring and, and all this stuff, for what reason? To help the Democratic Party. That's why. And, and now that this is coming to light, suddenly he's not su- such a great guy anymore, according to them, right? And that's the way it works. And they can't use you, they throw you away. And then you, may, you may agree with all this, you may disagree with all this. I, I, I would love to hear from you, and you can always do that at UncommonSensePodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.